0: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery, because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Manchester United 1, Manchester City 6, it's 2 for Jekyll. Tottenham Hotspur 3, Manchester City 4. They have made the impossible possible. Hello and welcome back to the City Report podcast. I am Amos Murphy. I'm Adam Booker. Now I have rushed home i have I feel like I've been in a movie scene i've been battling rush hour traffic I've had one of those days just come from the classic football shirts birthday party um in Fallerfield, Manchester, which is like the student hub It was weird adam it was in this like it's had loads of different names across the across the time, but it was in a place called two five six which is like the quintessential student bar. I've been in there many times, so god-awful hours. Oh, so this wasn't like at the
1: shop on Dean's Gate? It was just, okay.
0: No, it was weird. It was really, it was good. It was good. There was loads of queues, like really long queues. I've picked up a a Turkish team shirt, Denizil Lisboa, which is a nice green and black number. It was on my Instagram for those who follow me over there, Amos Murphy underscore underscore. But yeah, um, I've had one of those days, but it's worth it. Always a nice day when you pick up a new shirt.
1: Yeah, it is. Um, I have not had a similarly busy day. I woke up about two hours ago, had some coffee, let the dog outside, and then I've just been watching TikTok waiting for you. So I've had a nice, calm morning.
0: Yeah, sounds serene. Sound like a proper old man there. Coffee and let the dog out. Right, okay. Um, What are we here to do today then? Well, apparently, someone tells me, a little birdie tells me that there's a a big match coming up this weekend. Um, City, Versus United at the Etihad Stadium, first Manchester derby of the season. First things first, how are you feeling about it? I
1: hate the derbies. Yeah,
0: me too. They're me too.
1: they're never fun. United could be, you know, in the fourth division, and it could be a cup tie, and I would just be yeah ruining every moment leading up to it.
0: We'll speak about the sentimental side of the derby a bit later on because today we're going to do a full listener episode I spoke when was it last episode about the international break and just sort of dragging our heels for content we've done the ultimate podcast uh, podcast sort of content search here we've literally got a full episode of listener questions so I won't I won't ramble for too long and we'll get straight into it and we'll start with this one from radar to hate said who asks?" and get your notepad out adam because this one could take a while but um who the fuck are man united
1: that's a very good question there they're a club that uh terrorized me as a child that's all i yeah. remember
0: yeah and, and it's fun these days
1: who are they i'm not sure
0: mm, yeah yeah it's, it is that sort of derby week does get you sensing that doesn't it i remember i was in um I think it was yesterday. I was in the supermarket with my girlfriend, and she was getting some milk for her for her parents. And over here, we've got three sort of types of milk: skimmed, semi-skimmed, and, and whole milk. And the skimmed one that she was getting had a red top on it. And she said, "We hold this for a second I was like, "What? Do you think I'm touching that on on Derby weekend? I'm not touching anything with red for a good well. Is it Sunday until possibly Monday morning? We'll see. But yeah, it does feel like that. And, and I guess we'll keep it moving straight away. I've had we've had another question coming from Lennon Seiko. Sake- who says what's your favorite ever derby moment minus the 6-1 at Old Trafford now I'll let you go first with that because um we were just speaking a little bit before you've got an interesting answer
1: yeah my favorite derby moment is probably the first derby that I watched as like a proper city fan which would have been 2008 and it was Benjani's brace at Old Trafford yeah. um it was the, the 50th year anniversary of the munich air disaster so the teams weren't wearing um any sponsors on the kits um ronaldo and tevez were playing for united um and i had been a city fan for less than a year at that point because it was in the middle of the off season when i i got a replay of a of an old city game on fox soccer channel and that's that's Mm. when i became a fan and that was i believe it was city's first win at old trafford in, in 17 years something like that yeah um and that was my first like real Derby experience as a fan, obviously not inside the stadium. Uh, I've been to to some inside the stadiums now, which were fantastic. But um, yeah, that was definitely my favourite moment.
0: That that was one of the best days in school I've ever had. I would have been eight years old. Um, day after, because I don't know if I've mentioned it before, but I think I was one of two City fans in the class. Certainly one of two, possibly a third one, but, but not necessarily a sort of a die football fan and going into school the next day with the biggest smile on my face and that was sort of the turning point really because that season as well we did the double over them um, Giovanni scored a worldie I think actually it was fourth game of the season or something like that it was a roasting hot day uh, at the start of the campaign and Giovanni scored an absolute worldie against United so that's a good one um, Mine, my favourite derby moment is similar to you actually it comes a couple of years before it was in the 2003-04 season and it is the sort of the first one I really remember. There were some good moments that I sort of almost remember remembering, if that makes sense. Gary Neville messing up against Sean Goater at Main Road. But for me, it's City 4, United 1 in the 200304 season. And that iconic image, I'm sure you've seen it. Sean Wright Phillips dancing down the right wing, sort of looping this shot over the United goalkeeper. Forlorn faces. Because it... it it never like for us of a certain area. It feels like, or not recently, but wins over United are commonplace. Essentially, aren't they? It just never happened before that. It's, we have been treated. Us fans of a certain age, you go back years and years and years, and City were going on ten game losing streaks and stuff like that. So I think that one was mine.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's a good one. Was that was that the first derby at the Eastlands?
0: Yeah, it would have been, wouldn't would that, it? I, would I that, believe. Would that have so, been? Was it the year three or four? Yeah, it may have been the year before actually. Um, o two, o three. Um, I think it probably. I think it was the second. I think it could have been the first win. There, I'll have to double right. check. But um, but yeah, that that Sean Wright Phillips. Any sort of memory with Sean Wright Phillips for me is is a good one. Apart from when he mm. he left and he broke my heart as a young child, but um, came back in the end. Um, right, okay. This is a great question. Like I said, absolutely rattling through the questions. We've had loads. So, City Report Pod, if you've got anything to ask us, um, but this is a fantastic question. It comes from Andy Rag. And my my eyes lit up actually when I read this question because I think it, it got it got the uh, it got the cogs uh, what did the cogs do cogs turn. It literally lit my eyes up. It says, um, is the Derby the biggest game of the season? Or is that just the case for fans of a certain age like me? Now, I don't actually know how old Andy. Oh, it says it in his bio. City fan for 53 years. So we can assume that he's uh, 53 years old, I'm guessing. Um, Younger fans feel Liverpool is the most important fixture. I don't know what you guys think. Adam, take it away because I thought that was a fantastic question.
1: Well, I was going to start. I'm glad that you read his bio out because I was going to start by saying I hope Rag is his last name and not a nickname because um, <laughs> we don't need anybody with the name Andy Rag on this show. Yeah,
0: um, yeah.
1: But that it's a complicated question for me. I mean, I'll always, always, always say the Derby is the biggest game. It doesn't matter what the league position is. The Derby yeah. is always the biggest game. I've said for – and I know this is kind of a – almost a loser mentality, but if we finish 19th, but United finish 20th, yeah. it's a successful yeah. season. Um, however, yes, the Liverpool games, as far as the outcome of the season, yeah, they've become more important because the derbies don't really affect the outcome of the season. Mm-hmm. Like they did between 2000, you know, 11 to 14, that era when, when the derbies were, were title deciders as well. Um, Liverpool for me I have a special type of hate for them in the last few years and it's the the arrogance and the kind of look at our great history mm-hmm. mentality from United makes sense to me because I can remember them being great I can yeah. I, you know I watched Sir Alex win you know watched him and celebrate the 20th title and all of that nonsense and it's like you experienced that. you and I have experienced United's glory and dominance, whereas mm-hmm. we didn't experience Liverpool's.
0: Yeah, and so yeah.
1: for Liverpool to kind of butt their way into the conversation and be like, "Hey, we're the greatest thing since sliced bread. It's like you've got one title in thirty years. and yeah. their 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 arrogance and their like persistence of butting their way into the conversation as like kind of a dominant club of this era makes me loathe them on a really special level and that mm. has brought a special importance to the liverpool fixture but if liverpool stop competing for titles again which maybe this this might be the year if if you know we're at christmas this year in city or top and liverpool are 15 points back liverpool becomes an irrelevant fixture again mm. whereas the derby is never irrelevant league position does not matter it doesn't matter what division we're in and they're in Doesn't matter the competition, it will never become irrelevant. And I think that's why it will always be bigger than the Liverpool game.
0: Yeah, succinctly put. um, I remember after, sorry, before the Liverpool games last year specifically the one at home in the league. We were sort of doing the the opposite debate to this, weren't we? We were speaking about whether or not the Liverpool game was the biggest game and, and sort of like, obviously it, situation dictates this answer, doesn't it? Because if, if, like you say, City are first, Liverpool are second, Liverpool are first, City are second or whatever, that is the biggest game of the season. But Come the end of this season, I think if, if Arsenal are still pushing up there and City, I don't know when City are meant to go to Arsenal, uh, sorry, when City play Arsenal at home, because obviously the the first round is the, the away game, which has been moved, it's a little bit complicated. But say there's a big game against Arsenal at the end of the season, it will feel the same as it does against Liverpool. It is only by coincidence City and Liverpool are the two best teams in the country over the last, what, five seasons or so, as to why there is so much needle. I never ever, ever, ever used to have any qualms against Liverpool as a club. In fact, really, when they were challenging with United, which obviously has to go quite a few years before me back, there were City supporters who would sort of, I hate the word second team, but it wasn't a second team sort of thing, but it w- they would cheer Liverpool on, obviously, to stop United winning stuff. I'm I'm completely with you, and I, and I think some people would disagree here. Some people don't have that affinity with United, and, and Lee Campbell underneath it in the same thread, um, points to history and location as a reason as to why the United game is so sort of hated. I suppose among some City supporters, saying that if you are in Manchester as a kid, that you didn't want to go to school on Monday if City lost, because honestly, they were Adam. They were everywhere, absolutely everywhere. I think it's a saying like you're never within. One meter of a rat, or some. so you're always within one meter of a rat, or something like that, in a city centre. It was like you'll never. You're always within one meter of a United fan in a in a British school because they they literally are everywhere. Um. So that is for him, and, and for a lot of other people, why the derby remains the biggest game. And, and well, they're everywhere
1: and, here as well. So I can't well, even imagine yeah. what it's like over there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You exactly. Know? Exactly. But and, I think
1: and, I think this is just like this is modern football now, though. It's like the location of game the, the local fans have become so much so the importance of local fans has dwindled unfortunately yeah. because yeah. the game is so global and that's not something i necessarily enjoy um but you know i've been to to a manchester derby at the etihad sat next to the away and i've been to a liverpool game at the etihad sat next to the away and mm. there is still a distinct difference you can feel mm. the the tension between you know, in a Liverpool game because the outcome is so important, but you feel the local tension of, of, you know, the away end to the home end for a derby because it doesn't matter at all what's happening on the field because of the, the local rivalry. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's gotta be a huge part of it is a city are challenging for things now. And therefore teams that challenge against them are going to, there's going to be a bit of needle, like you say, and, um, Fans who maybe haven't experienced or don't know about Mm. how far back the local rivalry goes and and kind of what's all wrapped up in that local rivalry aren't really going to get it. And look, I'm not one to say I fully get it. I didn't grow up there. Um, I've spent a fair bit of time experiencing it in person, but um, you don't ever really quite get it unless you experienced it.
0: Yeah, uh, and uh, spot on, absolutely spot on. You, you you share the same pavements or for you sidewalks with these people. You share the same cafes. You share the same pubs. You share the same friendship groups. Essentially, you know, City and United fans walk alike in, in the city of Manchester, which I think is, come to think of it, there's actually something really, really unique and special about city rivalries. Now, if you exclude London, because there's about a billion and one clubs in the capital, and obviously you have your rivals rivalries in there. I think probably your only genuine unique uh, unique ones are obviously Tottenham Arsenal, which is this weekend as well. Incidentally, you've got Millwall West Ham. There's a few others, but no one's telling me that. Chelsea versus Fulham is a fierce rival you know I'm not I'm not buying stuff like that whereas for for the Manchester derby the Merseyside derby even though it's two different cities Newcastle and Sunderland derbies like that obviously go up into Scotland the Glasgow derby there's something really unique because a lot of clubs I mean next to me for the benefit of the tape I've got a big list of every club in the football league on like a, a sort of velcro table and I sound like a four year old I basically had it when I was four years old and pulled it out the loft but You know, most clubs are one town clubs or one city clubs. Look, Blackburn, Burnley, Cambridge, uh, Sheffield Wednesday, that's an exception. You know, you get the point. So, um, an intercity rivalry is so unique and so protected that it doesn't compare to someone you're playing against for success, because United had it when they were successful in the 90s. They'd have big games against Blackburn. They'd have big games against Norwich City for a season when they are up there. They'd have big games against Newcastle, Arsenal. United-Arsenal, how many times have people told us that it's the best game in Premier League history? It's only because they were successful. You know, United-Arsenal now is a battle for Europa League, or at least it has been in recent mm. years. So I think to sort of summarise, it has to be United versus City is the biggest game. Feeling-wise, not necessarily importance wise in terms on the pitch
1: well it's right exactly that there's two this is the big difference for me is there's two different locations for where the importance lies in these games one location is on the pitch one location is off the pitch the derby has huge connotations off the pitch that what happens on the pitch of the derby is almost the least important thing because there is so much off the pitch as well going into work going into school you know running into people in the you know, you've got to see all the red kits in the city center the next day if you lose the yeah. derby and and so on and so forth. Um, whereas the Liverpool game, if you lose it, you go home to Manchester and you look at the table. You look at the table. You don't look at you know. You don't think about mm. oh I've got to go into work tomorrow mm. and you think about oh we, God we got to win three on the trot now to, to get ourselves back in the top. It's completely different type of importance. And so yeah. maybe there's some fans that value the the footballing importance versus the bragging rights importance, but but it's still very different types of importance.
0: Yeah, and, and just like that's what football is about, essentially, I suppose, isn't it? You know, there'll, there'll be people listening to this, I know, that disagree completely and say, you know Liverpool is the biggest game at the moment. And if Liverpool drop away, it's whatever team comes forward and, and takes that mantle. But it just feels that that is, you can't, you, you don't experience that anywhere other than, I don't know, football, I don't really think, Cricket, there's a couple. Yorkshire versus Lancashire uh, is is between counties. It's quite a big place, like states in the US, for example. But it's still local to a sense. I don't know if there's any sort of comparisons in in US sports. We did a future football episode a couple of weeks ago, sort of speaking about where US football and uh, so US sports and UK sports comparison. I don't know if that exists outside of football.
1: We don't really have many multi club cities in any sport. Um, yeah true new New york new york city has a couple of has has two teams for every sport um but it's a joke i mean that the two football teams don't play in new york one of the mls clubs doesn't play in new york the other plays in a baseball stadium and i don't think they've (laughs) it's genuinely it's the worst local rivalry in american sports the hudson river derby as they call it yeah um and then i think that's about it la i mean la the the MLS derby in LA is pretty good, um, El but Tropica. it's you know, yeah, but it's five years old, <laughs> yeah. um, so it doesn't really matter. Um, and that's a that's about it. There's yeah. not really that yeah. many multi club cities, and um, when you have multi club cities, it's it's different from Europe, where a lot of times there's there's political divides, class divides, religious divides. Mm. Mm. Um, it's just kind of a bit like a bit like what what I know of the Merseyside derby and and somewhat with the Manchester derby it's just kind of a matter of what family you're born into. Yeah. Um, but yeah we don't we don't necessarily have that here.
0: Yeah. Um yeah so it is it is truly unique and and I think we'll wrap up on there that that question from Andy Rag which was which was super I keep going on about it but I could we could do a full podcast on this and we could invite United fans on to speak about it as well because I'm sure they'd have different different opinions. Um right we'll Call it a wrap for part one. We'll be back in part two to speak about the football on the pitch. We've had loads more questions about what might happen this weekend, building up to the Manchester derby on Sunday afternoon. Okay, then, let's speak about the football, and we'll kick it off with this question from Deadly Harland 9, who asks us what our, and this could be a really short segment, but what our combined 11 between City and United is. You've had some time to think about, Adam, all of two seconds, if that. Um, what's your combined 11 for City United?
1: It's funny because there's been some absolutely outlandish oh, th- 11s that we've horrible seen out there. Horrible I've seen a few been. that are majority United, which is uh, hilarious. Yeah the, the absolute only way I see any United players getting into a combined 11 is the fact that City have a bunch of center backs that aren't fit and mm-hmm. maybe Varane on his day. I know City City fans have this weird image of Varane because the only time we've seen him is when Gabriel Jesus yeah. was tearing him to shreds, but he was an immense player for Real Madrid and for France. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only way I could see him getting into a combined 11 is because Stones is injured. Laporte is injured. Um, other than that, Maybe Sancho over Grealish just based on current form, but I'm not putting Sancho into, you know, a City team over Grealish because I think Grealish is better for the City team. Mm. So maybe on a combined eleven, Sancho gets in. But um if I see a a if I'm scrolling on Twitter and I see a combined eleven and it's just the starting eleven for City on, on Sunday morning, then um I'm not, you know, I'm not batting an eye.
0: Yeah. Um I think it shows the desperation of United in a sense when a lot of the caveats to these combined 11s which are the most laborious chat but we all we all get dragged into it don't we we can't help ourselves get dragged into it but this, the telling sign is when United fans are it's based on current form which is essentially saying you know these players aren't better than the ones that City have got they're just either in the hospital can't Did you see
1: Casemiro at Real Madrid? <laughs>
0: yeah, 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 all of five years ago. But I've, I've actually, okay. I've actually got one here, which I'm just scrolling through. I just typed combined eleven into Twitter, and and it's Edison Cancelo at left back. Then the the rest of the back four: Varane, Martinez, and Dallo. Um, Casemiro's at central midfield. But but uh, Bruno Fernandez and De Bruyne, uh, Rashford, Mares for some reason. It says based on current form and Haaland up top. It is the most. It is the most nonsensical. I think if we're gonna. Apply some balance I would probably put Sancho in just based on that I know I'm doing it myself but based on that current form I don't think he's a better player than Jack Grealish but at the moment you probably say he's the only one that has a shout I'd still have I'd probably have a kanji over any of United's centre-halves because so far this season we've not seen them and we probably won't we'll speak about tactics in a set but we've not seen them higher than their 18-yard box. United have have Eric Ten Hag's football revolution at Old Trafford has, has sort of resorted in them just camping inside their own half. So I'd, I'd probably have a Kanji, who's, who maybe some may argue was elevated himself, but he's probably City's fifth choice in that position. Um, so yeah, I, combined eleven, the, the nonsensical, but like like you, when I see a full a full City squad, it, it makes me chuckle. Right, we'll, we'll use that actually to move on to uh, this question we've had from Balogun. Um, it says there's been a lot of chatter, especially from United fans, claiming their counter-attack will tear City apart. Um, it's something that we've seen. I, I was doing a preview this week, I can't remember where for, but I was looking at head-to-heads and, and bar last season, I think it was three trips to the Etihad in a row, one of them being a, a League Cup semi-final, um, which United won, but it didn't. Affect the outcome that United had won three games in a row at, at the Etihad prior to last season. So they obviously under Ole Gunnar to Solsha had City's number quite a bit. They were the perfect team against City for that okay for that reason. And then obviously the Ralph Ranyuk thing happened last year and and bar ten minutes in the first half against United after City had already torn them a new one, City steamrolled United, sort of this blistering first half and then really controlled uh, death by a thousand passes in the second. But so far under Ten Hag, bar the first couple of games where United were obviously beaten by Brighton, beaten by Brentford, from that Day on, they've had I think it was four games and four wins, and every single one of them, bar maybe the Southampton game, I was looking at the stats. They'd been outdone on XG. They'd had not had enough. Uh, they'd not had more possession than their opponents. I don't think they'd created as many chances as the opponents. So it is this sort of. We were we were, people were lauding this football. Ten Hag is going to get United to play, but it's sort of been straight from the other of social textbook, and. Suppose if United are going to get anything against City this week, and it is going to be reverting to that counter attack we saw them use and get free wins not too long ago.
1: Yeah, and that that worries me a little bit, but I think it's just because we've been stung in the past. Um, you know, you mentioned the the three trips to the Etihad where they City either dropped points or um, or dropped all the points or, or draw. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, they, they obviously have a lot of pace and talent on the counterattack, you know, the likes of Rashford and Elanga uh, and, and Anthony and, and Bruno. They, they can do damage in open space. Um, mm-hmm. The trick is going to be limiting their open space and and not letting them get the ball out from the back. That That's the thing is they do play on the counter, but it's not long ball direct no, counterattacks. No. They, they, they do try to work things out from the back. The issue is they're not very good at it. Um, which is why you see a lot of a lot of games in which they have like forty eight percent of the possession or something like that, and, and a couple yeah. of shots on target and win one nil. Um, this game is completely in City's hands. If they want to smother them and not allow them to counter, they can. They have the ability to. Um, so. The issue is if City pour too many numbers forward, or if the press isn't really working, you know, as fluid as it can be, um, then yes, then United can can cause City issues. But you look at the games last season, and and, and obviously Ragnick played some some weird stuff. I think he played a um, a back five in the game at at Old Trafford, and then the game at the Etihad played a four four two with two false nines, which were Pogba and uh, Bruno, and it was just mm. a, a nightmare. Um, I I expect City to deal with it pretty well. Um, Rodri has shown that he has the ability to be a one-man wrecking crew in in, in that midfield and deal with counterattacks. Um and they don't have much pace at, in midfield. You know, you look at, if you go back and you look at the teams that that beat City, in, in those early games of the Etihad. They had a lot of pace in midfield, but now it's you know Casemiro, Christian mm. Eriksen, and and Bruno who who aren't the fastest players on their day. So if they get the opportunity to counterattack, they can be dangerous, but I think City will be all right limiting them.
0: Here's a question. It's not from a listener, it's just something that pops into my head just now. Who's United's best player? Because I think if you look at City, obviously City have better players than United, but you go... Okay, stuff happens when Kevin De Bruyne gets the ball. I think you can. Now this may sound controversial because we've seen him score goals from literally nothing. But I think if you can stop the supply to Harland, you stop. City, uh, sorry, yeah. Essentially, if you if you stop the midfield in City, you can eliminate Haaland's threat. Or, or potentially, um, we'll have to see how it plays out in a, in a sort of real big game. But. For me, I think if you look at City, you know exactly what they're going to do with the ball. They know where they're going to look to put the ball. They know it comes from that midfield engine, whether it's going to be Rodri, Bernardo, uh, Kevin De Bruyne, Gundogan. You know the roles they're going to do. The, the issue is they're just so good at doing it, it's so difficult to stop it. For United, what what is there to stop apart from space spacing behind, which we know City will offer them? Is it... The threat of Rashford, now is he going to be fit enough? He missed the international break, so possibly. Is it Sancho? Do, what it, it just feels like, and this is famous last words, of course, but it feels like so much has to go right for United, like it did against Liverpool, because as good as United were against Liverpool, the Liverpool essentially handed them three points that night. Liverpool were woeful. So unless City have a performance like that, it seems as though United's only hope is going to be those, those balls into the channels, which unless you have a perfect afternoon, it's going to be really difficult to, to get something from.
1: Well, that's the thing, though, is the last few times, bar last year, they had perfect afternoons at the Etihad. That, yeah, that's true. the fear. It's like it's the kind of game in which players elevate themselves for and they have a huge point to prove in these games. Um, you know, Rashford would go through, 15 game spells of of not scoring and then he'd have two goals and assist at the at the etienne and and draw a penalty so that's the fear right is that like they do utilize the open space on the day well Mm. and they can they can score two or three um but if you go and watch them play even in open space they trip all over themselves a lot who's who's united's best player was the question original question
0: our biggest threat who's there who's there you know if you eliminate kevin de bruyne half the problem with city and it's still a big problem sort of disappears who is that i think
1: i I think that it's not one man i think that's the thing right is like the threat of you know a front three of let's say anthony rashford sancho is the front three it's the fact that all of them are tricky and pacey whereas like You shut down one, you've got another really fast guy running in behind, or you shut down two, and there, there's an outlet ball to another really pacey player on the other wing. That's that's yeah. it for me. But I, I don't think any of them are that spectacular individually. Maybe Sancho, but we really haven't seen it that much at United. He's starting to heat up a little bit. So I'd mm-hmm. say uh, I'd say maybe Sancho. If let's put it this way, if I want the chance. If a chance falls to any of United's potential attacking threats, the one that I want it to fall to the least is Sancho.
0: Right. Okay. That's yeah, the best I, way I can answer yeah, that. Yeah. I, and and I think, I mean, we've, we, I watched, I don't know about you, I wasn't looking over you for the entire sort of time you were alive, but I watched, I assume you watched a lot of Jaden Sancho at Brushy Dortmund. And he's not the same player most Premier League supporters have seen in the, in, in his, what, a year and a bit at United. He's, It sounds a bit like the Pogba thing, isn't it? But he is waiting to be unlocked and a good manager will get the best out of him. And it seems as though he is getting a little bit closer to what he was offering. He's still a long way to go to be entirely effective. And we've seen the impact Haaland has has had coming from the Bundesliga. Waits to be seen whether or not he can replicate that himself. Um, We'll move it along then because it it sort of ties into the question of United's counter-attacking. And it comes from Quadded MCFC who says... Um, What is City's preferred back line to eliminate the threat of Manchester United on the break? So I suppose we we don't know. Kyle Walker played for England, so I'm assuming he's sort of given the clean bill of health. It depends how he comes back. Um, John Stone's obviously pulled up lame on international break playing for England, so he's gonna 99% going to be out. Laporte is back in training. I would be astonished if he played any football between now and the next couple of weeks, just because of the sort of time he's been out for. And if it is, it's not going to be more than 10, 15 minutes. So that sort of leaves us with the rest of the players available. I think, I don't think I've missed anyone out there. Um, so who, who, who are you sort of starting in that back four to try and eliminate the threat?
1: Yeah. I mean, you've only got six options here, right? Um, yeah. Sergio Gomez, Cancelo, Walker, Diaz, Ake, Akanji. Um yeah. The fullbacks picked themselves for me, Cancelo and Walker. Diaz obviously goes in, and then it comes down to Ake or Akanji. I've been pretty open on this podcast that I honestly do not care who plays at center back for City anymore. Um, mm. If it's Ake, fine. If it's Akanji, fine. It'd be interesting to see Akanji um, because I think this will be the first big litmus test. I mean, obviously, he's had a... You know, a game in Seville, um, the game against Borussia Dortmund, which, you know, they troubled us a little bit. Um, but this will be the first big atmosphere, you know, a lot on the line, obviously, the first derby that he's played in. Um, not that he hasn't played in big derbies in the past and in, in, in other clubs, but mm. um I'd be interested to see him just to see kind of how he shows up in in a game of this magnitude. So I'm going to go with Walker, Akanji, Diaz, Cancelo. But if, like I said, if it's Ake, not batting an eye.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there'll be some... Well, there probably won't be any Dortmund or Schalke fans listening, but there'll be some people who say the Revere derby is much bigger than uh, atmosphere-wise than the Manchester derby. You know, they are Mm. too, not from the same city, but from the same region who absolutely detest each other. But yeah, you're right. I mean, you say it'll be the first litmus test for can do It'll be the first litmus test for City. Um, The Dortmund game, I think, is an exception. Dortmund were just intent on doing whatever they can to not play football. and. Sort of city had to find two moments of brilliance to get through them. Um, Sevilla was about as Seville a performance as you can imagine. If you had sort of 11 Seville locals playing football at nine o'clock, whatever it was in the heat, just after the summer, that's what you'd expect from them. In the Premier League, it was going to be Spurs. That didn't happen. Every other game has had its challenges, but it's not been a big six clash. And that's what it is against United. Whether or not United are informed, whether or not they're not informed, they're always going to pose a threat purely because they've got quality players and secondly because as we mentioned at the top it's a Manchester derby it means a lot so I think this is probably um, the biggest test of the season for City and regardless of what's gone on before it say City struggle on Saturday and sorry on Sunday and don't pick up a result we're sat here on Monday going right okay what 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 do we do what you know what's gone wrong there this is City's, and I, I'm drumming up, I feel like a, a sort of a, a, an MC hype man, but it is a massive game really, isn't it? It's the first big match of the season.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we were speaking earlier about how this game kind of means more off the pitch than it does on the pitch, but on the pitch, it's it's huge because like you said, we haven't really played anybody yet. Mm. Um, you know, obviously dropped the points at Villa Park and, and that can be a tough atmosphere to go to sometimes. But um, yeah, as far as, Going into a game not knowing how City will deal with a certain threat as we were just having this conversation about um United's counterattack. We haven't got into a game like that yet. I can't remember mm, yeah. going into any game this season being like, ooh, that that could cause City a lot of issues. Um, so yeah, it'll be really interesting to see. And, you know, I'm Pep's been here what, six six or seven seasons now, and I'm not really worried about, you know seeing if this team, you know, is up to the test. We've seen it plenty of times. Mm, yeah. They they absolutely are. I think it's maybe a matter of um obviously City play a little bit different brand of football these days with Holland and maybe how does that translate to a Derby? But yeah, it's 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 a big game, but it's a big game that most of these players have played many times in, in their city career. And I don't know. It's not really frightening me thinking, oh, we haven't played anybody in the big six mm. yet and, and seeing these these tables of the average league position of teams that arsenal have played versus who city have played it's a, <laughs> city are four four-time winners in the last 5 years um so i'm not really i'm not really concerned about it. it hasn't really crossed my mind
0: yeah they don't really have a lot to prove do they but um in terms of in the context of this season you know you've got to play everyone and it just so happens that this weekend city will be playing united and and yeah it probably is the biggest test but they're, they're a team who like i say don't have anything to prove um should we finish with a quiz does that sound good? Good leading into the yeah. weekend, giving the yeah. giving the listeners this Friday feeling. Right, okay. I've got a list of some goal scorers from the Premier League era in Manchester Derbies. I'm going to ask you it's totally ripped off. I've not invented this concept myself, but we're going to we're going to translate it. I'm going to ask you higher or lower for a player have they scored more goals or less goals? Remember, Premier League era. So there are a few names who possibly transcended. In, in fact, I think it's probably one, only one or two. But there's a couple of players who transcended the first division in the Premier League era. So just bear that in mind. Um, first one, nice and easy Joe Hart and Yaya Torre. Who scored more in the Premier League era of Manchester derbies, Joe Hart or Yaya Torre?
1: Yaya Torre.
0: Cool. <laughs> controversial you've got one point there we're off the mark um second one then rude van Nisselroy or yaya torre
1: yaya torre
0: oh you've ballsed it up already no it was rude van nistleroy he was right we're gonna go again we're gonna have another go um edwin van der sar or vincent company
1: vincent company
0: yeah, yeah, just about. In fact, I've not got the stats up, so if, I'm pretty sure Edwin Vandersaad is going to Manchester Derby. Company definitely did. Um, right, okay. Vincent Company or Marcus Rashford? Rashford. Correct. We move on to two Marcus Rashford or Paul Scholes?
1: I can remember. Was that Carrick that scored the banger in the six-one, or was that Skulls? That would have been Carrick. Has Skulls has scored that many in derbies? I'm gonna. St- I'm gonna stick with Rashford.
0: Uh, uh, oh. No, Paul Skulls has I'm having, scored. F- I'm having a mare. Yeah, he's had f- five goals in Manchester derbies. Marcus Rashford God. has had three. Um, okay. Right, one last round. We're Determined to get past two. We'll start it off by saying. Um, Costas Pantillamon versus uh, Jaden Sancho. Sancho. Sancho, there's one. Sancho versus David Silva. David Silva. Correct, there's two. David Silva versus Nemanja Vidić. David Silva. Correct. David Silva, sorry, Nemanja Vidić versus Cristiano Ronaldo. Ronaldo. Correct. Ronaldo versus Edin Dzeko. Dzeko. Ding, ding, ding. Move on to five. Dzeko versus Eric Cantona. It's getting nervous. Cantona. Oh, my God. We're absolutely flying. That's six. And then finally... Cantona versus Sergio Aguero. Aguero. Way! There we go. You bounced back. I mean, you did uh, obliterate half the list of goal scorers before we managed to do that. But um, (laughs) some numbers there. Edin Dzeko, four. David Silva, four. Um, I don't know if I said Van Nistelrooy was four as well. Cristiano Ronaldo, three. Now that was all the way back in god knows when i don't i don't know if he's he's scored since then i don't think of course he didn't he didn't play last year um so eight who's level with wayne rooney in the premier league with eight as well um a lot of fun that enjoyed it big game this weekend the nerves start now but yeah that that was good to sort of release some energy built up over the last few days
1: yeah yeah that was good i'm gonna go um do my usual pre-derby days uh rituals which are you know watching the 6-1 watching yeah. you know i'm gonna just bring this up one of my favorite darby's of all time i want to say it finished 4-1 at the etihad it was pellegrini's first season um nazare oh, scored a, a oh. banger aguero had the like flying leg kick one yeah. um and i think there was like a there was a rooney free kick consolation goal yeah. but um that that is an underrated derby in my it opinion it is
0: it is a really underrated derby that that day was beautiful because it was similarly it was early on in the season so it's still sunny and it just it felt like city and, and united at that point were really on a sort of a, a knife edge they were almost in passing if city hadn't already gone past them which i actually think united were Reigning champions at the time, it was David Moyes' first season, so they were sort of on the way past at the time, and it felt you know it could go either way. Um, Sami and Nasri tore United a new one that day, didn't mm-hmm. he? He was absolutely super yeah. I think he scored one, definitely scored, definitely scored one, possibly two. Um, but yeah, he scored, a, he
1: scored a half volley at the back post. That's yeah. like one of my all-time yeah. favorite Derby goals.
0: And the celebration for the benefit of the tape, he sort of like looking in the air. I love Nasri. I miss Nasri. What a shame he didn't get a uh,
1: Yeah. He's an extremely underrated city player, I think. Yeah. I think he was
0: yeah.
1: another another just random nostalgic shout. 2011-12 season, the first title winning season. Um mm. the 2-1 come from behind victory at home against Spurs.
0: Yes. And, yeah.
1: And David Silva played that kind of diagonal through ball and Nazari just like thrashed it into the roof of the net another just like all-time goal that yeah. maybe isn't spoken about enough.
0: Yeah. One that popped up. I mean, we'll, we'll leave... It's like two two old men sat in a pub reminiscing on, on fonder times. But last one, um, FA Cup semi-final against United. That was... That was mm. a. I, I still don't think I've had nerves quite like it heading into a match like that because because United were on the on for the treble they were going to redo the treble that they'd done what would it have been about ten years earlier eleven years earlier that day that entire cut run but to have it against United I think it was better as the semi final because if it was the final it'd been disgusting but to have that Yaya Torre sort of I can't remember maybe Fletcher or Carrick who passed the ball to him running in bang whew, that that was that was a good one.
1: I can't imagine what it would have been like if it was a final looking at last season and people who were wishing for a city Liverpool Champions League final. Mm. I don't know how any of you can stomach any of that. I want it to be as like non needly as possible. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, mainly because City will probably end up losing it, and, and the pain yeah. won't feel as much. Um, right, we'll bounce. Um, obviously, admin at this point, if you haven't already, follow our Instagram. Adam and I are both on there as personal accounts as well, but City Report Pod is the handle for that. Same for Twitter. Same for TikTok, actually, as well. So get across all the socials if you are not already. Um, anything else to add before we get out of here? Nothing. As Radar2hz said, who the fuck are Man United? This has been the City Report podcast. We'll be back next week. Thank you very much. And until next time, see you later. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end of season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running. And just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.